Katie. I'm Erica. And this this is is Book Talk. Hi, Katie. Hi, Erica. I feel like it's been 10 years since we podcasted. It's so good to be back. Yay! We are back, and we are back with a doozy of a first section. If you're just joining us, uh, this is Book Talk Podcast. We read one book over four episodes with new episodes coming out every week. And we are currently reading Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. And today we're talking about chapters one through seven. In this section, we first meet Inti, who is studying wolves in Scotland, reintroducing them into the environment as a way to build back the forest and help to curb climate change. Um, In the beginning of the book, I wasn't sure what year we're in, but it seems as we're in current time or the near future. We meet Inti and her family. We realize her dad lives in and of the forest, and mom is a city high-rise badass detective. We also meet the townspeople where Inti is living with her sister. We're still not really sure what happened there, but we meet a whole cast of characters from this little town in the Scottish Highlands. And we watch them go through the first part of their experiment where they have put the wolves back into their natural environment where they once were in Scotland and are slowly setting them free. This whole section ends with a very sad note in the first wolf dying after a traumatic run-in with an awful person. That's it. I do (laughs) want to say that the last book that we read, you said you can always tell when it's going to be good depending on the first sentence that you read or the first chapter. And the first sentence of this book, I read it like six times and I was like, oh shit, we are in for a story. So just so you're all aware, if you have not yet read it, the first sentence is, when we were eight, dad cut me open from throat to stomach. And I was like, wait, is this a murder? What? (laughs) What book am I reading? I had the same reaction. How could you possibly recover from being slit from the throat to the stomach? Yeah, I was like, that's it. She must have died. And then in my head, because I did not read the like dust cover for this book. So in my head, when I read that, I was like, oh, okay. So like, she's a ghost. She's coming back as a wolf. (laughs) That's literally what I assumed was going to happen. That's so funny. I just thought like, oh, she has a badass scar. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, cool. Me too. That's also what I thought. (laughs) It's fine. It was a really intense way to start off the book, but we're introduced in that first chapter to a feature that Inti has, which is this like intense mirror neuron synesthesia effect where she feels everything that she's seeing. So if she's seeing somebody in pain, she feels their pain. And that seems like it's going to be a theme throughout of her almost absorbing the emotions around her and the feelings of the animals and the people around her and almost not being able to control her response to that pain. Yeah. Like that level of empathy she has, obviously it goes way beyond empathy to her physically feeling it, but it's the author does such a good job in this section too, of describing that. So you see her in the hospital and she sees Lainey and she starts to feel like the full pain of her injuries. And she has to like turn away and tell herself like you're here, you're in the moment, like almost regrounding herself because it's so overwhelming. Also the scene where her mom is like cutting all of her fingers being like, you have to build a defense. Um, I think that's probably going to be like a theme throughout the book is she does feel everything so deeply, but 
is it better to build up walls and to not feel something deeply or like can that be her defense as well as her vulnerability? We definitely see the other characters in this first section reacting to her heightened sensitivity. I also liked already that we have this like gender role reversal where her mom is the one who's like toughen up, get it together. This is the real world. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't be like your dad crying over a tree in Canada. And her dad seems like the one who's sensitive, maybe has some depression or mental health issues that he's struggling with, can't kind of be around other people. So it seems maybe she's taking that from her dad. I think better than the last book we read that was set in a beautiful setting. I thought that this was set in a setting where you can picture it and it's beautiful and you can like hear the forest breathing and see the animals. You feel like you're there, but there's also a lot happening in the plot. We meet a lot of characters. There's a lot of drama. Like it was really interesting to read. It wasn't one or the other. What are you thinking so far about Charlotte's writing style? I agree that it's really beautiful, like Peter Heller's writing because we're kind of still continuing this nature theme, but it's very ominous. So the forest is very beautiful, but it's also kind of breathing and it's its own thing and it's also being attacked and it's also full of danger, but the people are the danger. So there's so much darkness woven into the nature and fragility that I thought that was really beautiful. I felt like the beginning, there are too many characters like I couldn't tell I couldn't remember who Duncan was and was he a good guy was he not a good guy I was really confused by their interaction why does this truck smell bad so there was like lots of little things going on that I was confused by there's so many people on her team it just felt like a lot of catching up um so that was the only thing I sort of struggle with is like wait who is who again and I was not thinking of Duncan as a potential love interest so that kind of caught me off guard yeah, did you read it in one setting? Um, no, but it like within twenty four hours. Okay, um, I just was I'm always curious if that affects how people like process it if you read it in one. I never mind like a big cast of characters in the beginning. I just assume that I'll figure it out later. But I think this is probably what happened with the neighbor's secret too. It's like this. There's a lot of people and remembering not only their name and their jobs, but like their intentions and their like vibe is hard to keep track of. Um. I also would like to say, as a police chief, police chief, sir, like get your car cleaned out. What is this rat? This is going to be like our hot tea situation. Get it out of your thing. Get a new car. Right. I'm also so confused if that's a sign. Is this a sign that he's not a good guy? Like, why is this mentioned a couple of times? You're right. Maybe it's a high, uh, it's a hot tea thing. I think it's either going to be a hot, my opinion is it's going to be a hot tea thing or I think it's going to be like a look at her getting over his flaws to love him anyways, despite the disgusting rat decomposing in his radiator. But I could be wrong. Gross. (laughs) Another thing I was confused by is we have a couple of situations with Aggie getting injured. So we have her falling off the horse. Then we also have an allusion to like something that happens in Canada and we have in a flashback the girls being sent to live with their father who's clearly in bad shape at the beginning of winter and her inti alludes to like oh yeah what happened in canada so what happened in canada it's the other thing i was very confused by aggie like what is going on are you not able to go outside or you don't want to go outside like is it a physical thing is it a mental thing is it a mental 
Well, I think we learn okay. it's mental at the very end. Because I will say that it was easier to read it in one... Like, I just read it in those two hours right before this. So I think... But yeah, they say basically the first few days they got there, she did explore. And then she got really freaked out and she hasn't left since then. It is interesting because when I first read the flashback, how old do you think she was when she fell off the horse? I thought they were really young, like seven. I thought they were really young too. So then I feel like they're older when they go back to Canada to live with him, right? But right. it is hard because they're not telling us their ages and we don't know. My first thought when we met Aggie and then she went and fell off the horse was like she has a traumatic brain injury, right? Like she hit her head and Same. now she can no longer walk or she, or physically she, or mentally I mean, she's She not broke her here. spine. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, something happened. But then like she lives the rest of her you know, she has these kind of quirky things. She makes up an own, her own language and she knows sign language. But this seems like more than just how she chooses to communicate and more like something is wrong. Um, but it's very mysterious what happened to her. And also their relationship is like very close. It reminds me um, kind of of this like she's just like ultra protective of her. And it's like a very close relationship. But it almost seems like ultra protective because she feels in some way maybe guilty or responsible for her more than just like a sisterly love but also it seems like their mom doesn't know what's going on with her yes I am also like I don't understand this this seems like but I mean they don't have a good relationship with their mom but like she just doesn't know she never wants to talk to Aggie but but my only thing of this we don't know how old they are right now you assume they're like I'm assuming they're in their 20s Correct, incorrect, I don't know. But I'm assuming Aggie has also not talked for multiple times in her life and has used used sign language primarily to communicate. So her mom, obviously they're hiding it from her, but it might not be weird that she's not talking to Aggie. Like maybe it's it's like normal for her to just not want to talk on the phone or for some reason. Um, but definitely Inti is hiding it from her. She's like, oh, Aggie's teaching French while she's like sitting on the couch listlessly staring at a fire. Like, oh, but maybe she's hiding that guilt from her mom. I don't know. Do you think the dad is still alive? I have no idea. I am very confused about what's going to happen. I don't have any, like, guess at all. Because, yeah, that was the same. I'm trying to, like, figure out what is wrong with Aggie and to what degree is she. It seems like mentally she's, like, understanding what's going on. She's, like, very communicative, at least to her sister. But she's not willing to leave the house. And she's not willing to, like take care of the fire like she could have gotten so cold she died mm-hmm. like if something happened in T and she wasn't even gonna go out to find her so it's a weird like line of is she all there is she not all there and then maybe how much of it is in T reading into her sister still being there yeah. that was one thing I was like is Aggie even there like is this all in Inti's head I, I don't think so but I that was so sort either. of one of the things in the back of my mind I'm reading this other book right now. I'm um my Kindle says I'm 98% done, so I think I'm done with it. But I just saved these last five pages because it's like dessert at the end of a good meal, you know. The main character in this book, his sister's in a wheelchair. She's disabled. She cannot. She can't walk because of an accident that he feels like he could have prevented. Could he have? Who knows? But like he feels like he could have, and so his guilt and his like want to protect her overrides any ability she has to be independent. Like she won't go out for herself because she's not allowed to because the guilt of the family, all of them is like really holding her back and not allowing her to like develop any of these like skills to go out on her own or like really deal with the world. So I don't know if there's some of that going on, but also I don't know if Aggie like truly can't go out and get the wood because of something that's going on. Or if like she's doing it because you know, she knows that Inti will come home and take care of her and then she won't leave her again. And now she's like, I'll never leave her again. So I don't know if it's some kind of like, interdependent thing or if like she physically can't go we'll see 
We'll see. More to come. How are you feeling about the book so far? I like it. It's good. I feel like I read it really quickly. And I am excited to like read the next part a little bit slower and like really take it all in because I feel like reading in one sitting, I sometimes miss the things happening. So I'm excited to like savor it a little bit more. But you're liking it too? This is not what I thought it was going to be like. What did you I think don't know it was what I thought. Like? I was thinking like, oh, Scottish Highlands, sister drama, like a period piece. I don't know. Mm. Beautiful. This is like dark. Shit is going down. I'm fucking in love with Inti. What a badass. Dude, Standing up yeah. to those guys at the bar. Hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. And then like <laughs> calling out the police chief like, no, shit was not OK. I was about to get like beaten up by two gigantic men. Right. I love that she calls him out. She was like, I want you to write yeah, write him up. It's not write him up. <laughs> I want you to charge him. And he's like, he said, I know what he said. That's not what I asked. Charge him. Like, what do you mean? I didn't ask for you to question me. I just asked you to like do your job. Thanks so much. Um, Love it. No, she's for sure a badass. I had no expectations going into this book about what it was about, nor did I read anything about it, except I knew that it was centered in Scotland. And I had no idea what else it was about. I knew there would be wolves involved somehow. So I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'm so attached to these wolves. I'm also like, should oh. I go study wolves? <laughs> Same. I'm like, do you, is there something more that I could be doing for the wolf population at large? Because I feel like I'm not doing enough now. Everything I'm learning about how to study wolves, I'm just mind blown. She's like, oh, yeah. So then we had to go get in an airplane. I'm like, oh, obviously. What? <laughs> Does it make you think you should like pick another uh, field of study where you can like get an airplanes more and like track data from an airplane more often? Yeah. Instead of just asking people <laughs> yeah. like on a one to seven scale, how do you feel today? And they're like, mm, I don't know, a six. Mm. <laughs> Great. Oh, we love a Likert scale moment. <laughs> <laughs> softly cry <laughs> also more specific question what do you think about Duncan and Inti and their kind of relationship I'm interested to see where this goes because I feel like there's definitely something happening here also reading about her experiencing like love and sex from both sides at the same time sounds very intense um but there's definitely something happening here and I'm like excited for this potential little love story but I also think that Inti's gonna make Duncan she's going to hold him to high standards. Like he's going to have to stand up to the people in his town. He's going to have to be like proving himself worthy or she just like will not make the time. I feel like she's kind of like in her own, in her own world. She does not need him and he's definitely going to have to prove it. But I think something, I think they're going to go on some kind of adventure, say something together and um, fall in love. What do you think? <laughs> I have no idea. I just wanted to know what you thought. Maybe we'll you get know, a little romance. It's almost Hallmark uh, movie season, so I'm really, uh, I'm really ready for it. They better be. I like a love that we story. got our sex scene already. Like, yeah, it wasn't that We're satisfying. To it. <laughs> it was like Charlotte's like, let's go. We've got plot, plot, plot. Sex, wolf, go. Death. Okay, right. Done. Beautiful setting. I'm like, I'm into it. There's so much to consume here. I can read that whole section again and probably get a full another like meaning out of it. I'm not like saying good words tonight, but you know what I'm meaning. I know what you are meaning. Just kill me, actually. (laughs) The last thing I want to say is I cannot in my mind do a Scottish accent. Mm. And isn't there like a Swedish accent and an Australian accent? No. Let me tell you, everybody in this book in my mind (laughs) is American. (laughs) Yes, same. For sure. For India is not Australian in my mind. I can't do it. 
I can't. It's too. It's too much. Would love to see this made into a movie just to see these accents brought to life. There must be a movie with the wolves. Uh, also, do you think this is set in 2021? Yes. You think it is current? Okay. I think it's current. I also am really interested. I kind of want to read about these rewilding efforts. I think it is based in real wildlife conservation efforts. Mm. And I agree it's an interesting thing where I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't which the people of the town are very aware of so yeah it's an interesting dilemma it is an interesting dilemma I would like to know more about it too I think it's just also I'll be interested to see how this works with the townspeople because it is so hard to come in and ask people who are living in a very real and now you know hard times to make their life willingly harder for the greater right, good. Right, or to put their right? dogs at I mean, risk, put their kids at right. risk. Exactly. To, like, make your life more stressful for the greater good. Like, I don't know how you get people to do that unless you can prove to them that they don't have to risk everything to do it. Like, you have to be able to tell that story, though. And I think Evan did it a little bit, but I think they're going to push back. And I get it. I mean, I get the pushback. It's it's hard. All right, next week we are reading chapters 8 through 15, which is pages 69 through 133. Well, see you next week. <laughs> I thought you were just like, all right, well. More wolves, baby. There we go. That's the tagline. More wolves, baby. We have so many books to talk talk about. Do you want to start? So many books. <laughs> so many. Sure. I mean, I only have two. Maybe I should start. Yeah. Why don't you start? Because like that list is insane. <laughs> what you've read since last time we talked. Feel like a real slacker. This is the time of the year when I feel more chill about reading, and you're like, okay, actually, I'll just do like a book. I a have day. to accelerate. And I I'm have like, to accelerate what? to get to my goal. <laughs> I just like set a goal where I like under promise, over deliver. So I'm like four books past it. I feel good. I'm feeling casual about reading, and you are like reading a book a day is stressing me out. Like I have to keep reading. Um, anyways, I've only read two books. It's the underachiever of this group since the last time. Um, So one of them I read was The Last Bookshop in London, which my mom reads like, uh, I would say 97% World War II fiction. (laughs) So like it's just very specific. So she told me to read this book and it was so sweet. Um, It's about London during the Blitz. So like during the worst, worst part of World War II. And it talks about this girl who basically becomes an ARP warden. So she's like helping people when the bombs go off and then getting them to safety. Um, She ends up taking over a bookstore, helping somebody run a bookstore for six months, basically to get a job during the day. And it's just like about her life and who she falls in love with. But most of it's about her falling in love with like reading and books. Um, And every day it ends with every day she like reads to this group of people who are sheltering in the tube station And she reads them out loud. And then they start coming to find her on the days that they don't have to shelter. They just, like, show up at the bookstore or, like, at her house. And it ends up, like, connecting this whole community, essentially, like, her love of reading. And then people at the end are, like, it it saves people. And it's just, like, very – a very sweet note and, like, a really awful book about it. But it was good. I cried at the end, which is, like, very rare. So that should tell you that it was good at the end. 
Wow, a cry. I know. Was it like a single tear or like was like a cry cry, like a sob? Yeah, I don't actually think that any tears came out of my eyes. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, but... <laughs> wow, was so embarrassing. Um, but they filled with tears and that means maybe one came out. I don't know. Do you want to know what I cried about yesterday? Yes. Watching Tasha and Zach from The Bachelorette run the, run marathon, the marathon in New York City Marathon no. together. <laughs> Oh, I love. He was walk- like waiting for her oh and like ran god. ahead and like get, like opened his arms for her to like run to him. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, continue. I was Sorry. telling someone yesterday that um, someone that I work with, I was like, you know what's funny is because someone called me the queen of crying at work this week, which like made your eye roll. And Rude. I said, please call any of my best friends and ask them if I ever cry. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that says about you, but like, just so you know. Yeah, I'm not known for it, okay? Anyways, the next book I read is called The Marriage Game because there was this book that was recommended. It's like on a bunch of lists right now. I think it's called like The Dating Game or The Dating Something, but it's a third book in a series. So I was like, okay, let me start from the beginning of it. It's about this Indian girl and she basically like ruins her whole life in New York in this like very spectacular way and then she moves home to her family who like owns a restaurant and tries to find love. Um, and has like a very chaotic love story and like starting her own business badass story at the same time. It was like very cheesy in the beginning and I was like, actually, I hate this. The middle was like extra steamy, like one last stop, but like times 10. And I was like, okay. And then the end is like very sweet. So I haven't thought of an overall rating because I felt three different ways throughout the book, but it was fine. It was cute. Okay. Okay. Where's her family? Where does she go home to? India? Oh, San Francisco. No, San Francisco. And they own oh, a Michelin okay. star restaurant, an Indian restaurant. Ooh. Um, and basically this like hotshot corporate lawyer whose whole job is like firing people at big corporations is renting the office above her parents' restaurant and she's like supposed to share it with him. And you know. Oh, classic setup. It's a lot of like hot boardroom sex and like also a lot of really creepy men who are part of an arranged marriage situation. So, you know. Got it. It's uh it was good though. It's an own voices book, too. Like, she's a young Indian woman who wrote it, and it was, like, good. It just wasn't, like, great. Got it. Okay. Let's hear the list, okay? So we can all feel bad about ourselves. (laughs) Uh, Please don't feel bad about yourselves. Uh, It's been a lot of time. It's not been a lot of time, like, if you're following us on the podcast, like, when they come out, but it's actually been a lot of time for us. Between when we yeah, recorded the last, especially between when we recorded Outlawed, which was before we finished the guide. Yeah. Anyways. That's true. In that time, I read The Power, which was a recommendation by somebody in a writing group. Oh, yeah. I think I mentioned it actually on an episode. Mm-hmm. Obsessed. Loved it. Number two favorite book of the year. What? So good. So. What's it about? I loved it because. Okay. So The Power is about. Um, how in a kind of near future, women develop this ability to kind of conduct electricity between their hands. And it's called a skein. It's this like kind of growth that happens from their like chest area. And it's a kind of like a dark vein. And young women, like teenage girls are naturally able to do this, but they can also teach older women how to do it. It's like something innate to only women. And that basically shifts like the power dynamic because now women it like starts with women like defending themselves and they can kill men they can shock people they can like conduct electricity through water through metal 
And so it's sort of like what happens in society when the power shifts from one group to another group and how do people react and how do people handle having this power? And it it. follows like five different characters and their stories intertwine, but they all kind of react differently. It's one of my favorite types of books because it's taking like a sociological theory and she, Naomi's like making a statement about what she thinks power does to people and what it means and it's dark and it's it's pretty intense but it's really really good towards the end i'm like what is gonna happen it's also counting down so it starts yes even though it's kind of long it's worth it okay okay get it out of the way in 2021 (laughs) because it's like 400 pages oh my god yeah probably not maybe but it starts and it's like five years left four years until the incident mm. three years two and you're like oh my gosh what is gonna happen okay i might have yeah, to read it's it it's good okay okay i th- yeah it's good uh the second book i read was the river also by peter heller because this is how desperate i was to find out what happened to our boy win when i liked i liked the river better than the guide oh. but jack is not as likable in the river the river's almost entirely stressful. It's almost immediately shit is going wrong and it just stays like that. It's like the pressure is on and it just keeps going. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it explained a lot. It also explained a lot more of both of their pasts. And now I understand a lot more of like what was going on. But it definitely felt like a very different book than the guide. Also a lot of like canoeing content. Oh my god. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> okay. Then I read Liberty, which was very hyped in the world. I found it to be like pretty stressful. Uh Liberty is a very stressful main character. She does a lot of things and you're like, "Why? <laughs> what are you doing?" Um but I loved the setting. I loved the kind of going back and forth. It's essentially like right after the Civil War in Kings County, Brooklyn. Um, about this kind of like all black community that is taking people in who are kind of fleeing slavery and post-slavery persecution in the South. And they're kind of like trying to build a community together. And then also part of the book takes place in Haiti, which is super interesting. But I just found it stressful. It like reminded me a lot of Luster, where the main oh, yeah. character just like, please stop. I love <laughs> Luster, though. She was so chaotic and I loved oh. it. Okay, I You're have like, to insert. Liberty, really- don't be oh. mean. Okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That's don't all. Be mean. I Stressful. just reading about chaotic characters. I love it. I'm like, please stop doing this. But also, this is so interesting to read. I just want to insert this with. I told my friend Ryan, who reads a lot of books, also and a lot of ones I recommend to read Group, because I was like, I think you'll love it. I think it's hilarious and chaotic and like wild. And he literally sent me this paragraph text. I'm having such a hard time reconciling the idea that you might have loved this book. I'm on chapter. I'm on chapter 13. It's just a constant repeat of a person with enormous privilege, no self-awareness. And the whole thing about law school and the top law firm is so overwhelmingly narcissistic that it's become a huge distraction from what the story should be about, which, like, is the group therapy dynamic? I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's valid. That's so funny. (laughs) I was like, I don't actually know what to say to this. I'm going to have to discuss it in person because it's a lot of feels in a text message. But thank you for this content. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your opinion. It's valid wild so I don't think he's loving it as much as we did I would say it's okay all right they can't all be winners for all people (laughs) dying I just yeah um okay tell me your next one 
Okay, the last book that I finished was It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Okay, and I listened to the end of the Outlawed episode tonight because I realized I had seven minutes left. And in it, I ask you, do you think – I want you to read It Ends With Us because I want to know if you don't love Colleen Hoover or if you didn't love Verity. And you were like, first of all, I love Colleen Hoover, but I'll read it. So what's I the verdict? I understand the hype about Colleen Hoover. Yeah. I same. didn't think – that Lily was a super relatable character. Like, there wasn't a lot of depth to her. No. It's just, like, I'm beautiful and I love flowers. hmm And, like, my dad was a bad person. And it's like, come on. <laughs> I did not we think We all she have had daddy issues. <laughs> we, I did not think she had Sorry. a lot of Sorry. Well, maybe you all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I... Uh... She didn't. It was sort of like, yeah. okay. And then like things with her and Ryle were good. And it was just like, okay, what's going to like, what's everything's working out for you. What's going on. And I also was really confused with um, Atlas of how are you having full ass conversations with this boy in a house and your parents are not hearing you mm. talking like, your parents don't get up to go to the bathroom. They're not, like, getting a glass of water. Well, they don't go to bed at the same house. time as their daughter. They must have a fucking huge house. Yeah. So no, weird yeah. to me. I mean, I think they have a big house where, like, you could be in your room and nobody would know. Like, so weird to I me. feel like I... Mm, yeah. All of that is happening in the first half of the book, and I was right. very not super into it. And then, obviously, a lot happens from there that makes it super interesting. Mm-hmm. I get the hype. I I agree. I'm not like Googling my next Colleen Hoover book. Like I'm not like I need to read the next thing that she writes. But I when I read it ends with us before Verity, I was like, I get the hype. I get why people read her books because they are. It's like, you know what you're going to get to. You know, you're going to get some kind of like crazy can't put it down story like halfway through. And so I get the appeal of it being like, especially if you don't read a lot. I get the appeal of it being like, okay, I can't put it on. This is like extra dramatic kind of story. So I get the hype, too. I get why everybody's reading it. Um, I also think her stories are relatable, but they also give you this sense where you can kind of distance yourself from the darkness of it. Like, it's like you can definitely justify how that would never be you, how you wouldn't make those decisions, whatever it is. You can distance yourself from it. So I feel like I saw a lot of like moms reading it at the pool and I get it. You get to read this dramatic story that you can also be like, I can pull myself out of this a little bit. It's not so dark that it's happening or could happen or is like that relatable to me. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. And I do think also it's a way to look at how domestic abuse happens and how women can justify it and can stay in that kind of cycle and how maybe we all do that in little ways where we let people treat us in a way that is abusive or maybe even just like not giving you what you need because you you write it off they didn't mean it like that he didn't mean to overlook what I needed yeah I said what I needed multiple times and he crossed my boundaries multiple times but it's okay and da 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 da. and you just walk through that multiple times in the book and you start to realize like what are you doing what do you mean what are you saying I thought she did a really good job of kind of showing that the way that women can be over accommodating to others and to start to sacrifice what they know they shouldn't be accepting. One thing she does for me in this book that I don't feel like she does in Verity is handle a delicate situation in 
in like really well. I feel like in Verity, I was like, she's not no one in this situation. <laughs> like, I don't know. I right. just feel like in this, she handles it really well. She discusses this thing that is taboo and awful in a way that I feel like she handled it well. And I think you could easily you could easily mess that up. You could easily offend every single side of the situation. And I feel like she handles these delicate matters with a little bit of grace, which I do appreciate. It's got to be hard. Yeah. Also, I totally towards the end was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Okay, right. You like can't put it down at the end. You are like, I have to read it. And I do feel like that. I get it. That's that's the appeal. Okay, so now I'm reading The Death of Vivek Oji. It's really good so far. It's a little also dark and intense. We'll see. Shocking for you. It's pretty on par. Trying to get to 52 books in 2021, I think. I think I'm going to get there. I think you're going to do it. I think I'm going to set my goal a little higher next year. (laughs) Sounds good. Book Talk is made by me, Erica Bailey, and Katie Cheney, with production support from Dan White. Our theme music is by Dan White. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to shut my radiator off because it's hissing at me. Oh, yeah. Fucking radiator.